Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. It's Rob and we're joined again by our house drummer Greg. Hi, I'm really hyper today, I'm really more more perky perky. Plus also <laughs> there's a dog in the studio if you see the picture we put out. Hi, it <laughs> so and the dog will be the focus of the show of course. <laughs> Because it's gone to the uh, dogs here a long time him. ago, so we ran away. But one of the, obviously, you know, on the carnival, we try to bring up stuff that's amusing to you when we don't have guests. When we can capture guests, we try to bring up all the cultural aspects of Rochester, promote all the good things around here. And I think we don't usually use themes, but I think one of the themes this week is how music, during all this crazy stuff, is a unifying factor and something used for good. And we have, I'm very glad to have two really outstanding guests today, and I'm just going to introduce them by who's sitting next to me. And you can't see that, but trust me, unless you see the picture. But first, Herb Smith. Yeah. Hi. Hey, and man. John Weisenthal. Weisenthal. I knew it. Why didn't you tell me? Oh. I tried. I just think of wheezing. Everything my allergies. But Herb, if you'd like to say a couple, you like to say a couple things about yourself, we all know you. Were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on the show, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's nice to be here. You know, Herb Smith, trumpet player, played with the RPO and... Just got a lot of stuff going. The Freedom Trail, as I know, and some other things we'll talk about. I have to say one thing, though, when you said about playing trumpet, trombone. Uh, my friend Mark Bradley, one time we were talking about Miles Davis, who's up there with Coltrane's my jazz friends, and I told Mark, I said, he's a really good horn player, and I get this stern look, he plays trumpet! And I, <laughs> this is like a layman. That sounds like horn. Mark. <laughs> I played with so, him. So, okay, you play trump, trombone? Trumpet. trumpet. No, no, no trombone, just trumpet. Okay. I, I try to play trombone, and I just, the, the oh, slide look. thing is just too and, yeah. well, John like Wiesenthal, can you say a little yeah, about yourself? Yeah, so. I teach at the Hochstein Music School. I've been there. I'm now considered part of the furniture. <laughs> I've been there a long time, and I've um, done a lot of things. Pretty interesting um, history, but I guess the two things that seem to stand out in the music world, which I'm discovering, is that I started a band known as the Blue Oyster Cult, which has uh, sold many, many millions of albums and, and is actually still going. Oh, wow. And, uh, they played and it, here in Henrietta like a couple years ago. If you ever have a chance to hear them, man, they rock. They really are a fantastic band. Did you hear about that show, What Happened, though? Which I one? guess they played a show. It was, was I'm going to say Henrietta, but I think I'm wrong. It was somewhere around here. What happened was the equipment van broke down. So oh, they wow. couldn't bring, like, the Godzilla stuff. But I guess what they did, it was like going to see, like, a practice. People loved it. You know, they, they did a thing in, um, it was about, probably about 10 years ago, they were playing at this thing called the, the Speedy Festival in, in um, uh, the town that's got a Sunni... Um, Potsdam? No, no, down south toward... toward uh, Oswego. East, west, north, south. Anyway, they were Cooper playing down, Station. Playing down there, and, um, and um, their, yeah, their, their their equipment got lost. So I brought guitars down to them. Um, and they, they played on them. Oh, on those okay, guitars. Wow. And I like the yeah. founding of the name. It was based on that painting of the aliens. Well, you know, actually, the the band originally, the first of all, it just started as a group playing in a house kind of an animal house kind of thing where I was, uh, and we were just jamming, and then one of the uh, guys in the house had a friend who was a really good guitar player who was going to school in Potsdam, he came down, and that and he be, kind of became the, the center of the band. And we were jamming, and people were, you know, sort of 
hanging on the rafters. And, uh, <laughs> is that so, Buck or the other guy? That's Buck. Buck yeah. Don yeah. Roser. Yeah. Don Roser, yeah. So um, at the end of the summer, I thought, you know, I thought, you know, here we really have a possibility of having a great band. And, um, and I realized that at the end of the summer, everybody was going to go in different directions. So I rented a house. And I said, okay, let's all move in here and play every day. And that oh, was wow. the beginning of the band. Nice. So, so the two, two wow. of my, I was a philosophy major at the time, and my two of my friends were writing for a Crawdaddy magazine, and um, so my feeling was like, Get, let's give, give them something to work with. So I thought, well, we'll form a band, and they can write songs for it, or they can do something with it. We can promote the band through the magazine. So this is pre-blog, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is like 1967. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, anyway, so Sandy Perlman, uh, who became a professor, I mean, he's producer and stuff, and Richard Meltzer got involved, and um, suddenly we had a lot of ideas going. And uh, so Sandy gave the band the name the, the Soft White Underbelly. <laughs> <laughs> and now the name actually came from a... From a, a from a movie that my father produced. My father was a movie producer, oh, wow. and he was involved in this movie called The Kremlin Letter. And the idea in The Kremlin Letter was that was that they were going to infiltrate Russian, that the American spies were going to infiltrate Russian um, power circles by way of the soft white underbelly of the society, which is the drug addicts, the, the, the outlawed homosexuals, you know, all, all the perverts, and I can't say perverts in this. <laughs> you would say whatever you want. We're saying perverts quote in 1960. So, yeah. <laughs> so, that, so that was the soft white underbelly Pay of snippers. society, and so that's what we were. And then the band went through uh, several evolutions, and I, I kind of... Uh, saw this great power that we could use music to catalyze uh, anti-war movement. Okay. Suddenly there were people gathering around me and I was suddenly like playing this role of guru. Oh, wow. Which made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> and so I, I, I withdrew from the band and started studying yoga and decided, well, you know, if we're going to have to be, if I'm going to have to be a guru of some sort, I really ought to have a clue of what that's about. Yeah, right. So, so I sort of turned the band over to Sandy as managing it and uh and then it went through a few different names it went through the name oaxaca uh the the stock forest group which made an album with um electra records and now i think they've done like 30 okay. 30 albums with uh, wow. columbia and and some, i've always and found that interesting that whole concept where like you, you work and work and work to try to get somewhere and then you kind of get there and you go man i don't know if i like this <laughs> You know, no, but a lot of people go through that. Yeah. Peter Green from oh, yeah. Fleetwood Mac. I mean, you know, you yeah. get these guys, then they all of a sudden they want to shrink into the background because now they're so out front. And people, I just always found that interesting. It's like, you know, be careful what you wish too, for. Though, people do that in companies, like when they start a company and then, like, they figure, okay, now I want to move on to another company right. and turn it over to someone else and then do another, a new venture. You know, it's just kind of, some people are just like, Starters of ideas. Right. Steve Jobs did a lot the yeah, way he a lot did of a guys lot of did those. That. Where he's the idea man, yeah. really. Wozniak was the tech guy, mm. but then he went on to all, Walter yeah, Isaacson wrote a really fantastic yeah. book well, about. I didn't mean to interrupt. But then that's the thing. I think people who are creative just are going to be creative, and they're right. looking for new things. It's always yeah. you right. never settle. I think John Byrne, the comic book artist, once made a comment where he said he. Consolidated his style back in the eighties, and other people were saying, "Well, you know, you're done then because you stopped. You right? Know, you never tried to further. You know, we're like Neil Peart. He tried to learn a whole different style of drumming 
from right. scratch because he wanted to right. test himself. Well, some some artists are like flexible and move through the time, and other artists kind of find their thing and that's it. Like I think of um, James Taylor. Right. You know, like mm. like James Taylor, he's definitely flexible. Like like his new his band now is like all like like Steve Steve Jordan on drums. Oh, and, nice. Like, uh, <laughs> Uh, Flynn on bass, like he's Steve Gadd on drums too. He's got like all these great players. <laughs> but I'm wondering, like, when he gets up there and he plays, what Sweet Baby Jane? What's the one tune that he does? Baby hey, um, James. Yeah, it's Flavor like he's been doing that tune yeah. for forty yeah. years, yeah. right? Like. You know, like wow, like is are you tired of that too? Robert like, Plant said something you know about I mean? that. Well, Robert Plant yeah. said, Robert Plant said, I don't do Stairway to Heaven because I wasn't that person anymore, and he wants to keep doing. Right, and I think right. it, it works two ways. If you're playing to an audience, you're a famous band. People are going to come. They're going to expect to hear these songs, right? And for them, they're going to expect the usual. And sometimes, like you want to do something different, make sure you keep out, play your new material, and everything. Right. Paul Simon's a good example of that boy. Paul he Simon. he really did a one eighty yes, with he the did. Graceland and stuff yes, like he that. Did. Yeah. Paul Simon to me is a is a good example of someone that is always kind of in a creative and always moving forward, doing something different and kind of changing. With his time, but he's able to also bring the audience with him. Right. You know, where other people are like, like I, like for example, years ago I went to go see uh, Hall and Oates, and I was at uh, Tanglewood. Hall and Oates. Hall and and actually, I, I didn't. I was given tickets, and it was a bunch of us that went to the concert anyway. It's okay. So yeah, yeah, Hall and Oates. Anyway, I like Hall and Oates. Okay, Hall and Oates. Me too. I like Christmas movies. Like Christmas movies. Back in the Hall and Oates. Back in the day. Anyway. So we were just kind of like, we weren't like, I'm not like a Hall & Oates fan-ish. You know, I'm like a big fan. But I know like, you know, private eyes, they're yeah, watching right. you. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. You know, whoa, here she comes. You know, all those tunes. Anyway, so we were just hanging out at the, th at the thing. And we were just kind of having a good time or whatever. And when they were playing their like new Hall & Oates tunes, they oh. just weren't so interested in that. We were just kind of like, oh, right. whatever. But the actual Hall & Oates groupie people were like, Mad at us because we weren't like into the, the, I the newer. I, I, I have the stuff, one for you. you know? One of my best friends, he loves Duran Duran. So Duran like, Duran. we have to go see him. I up do at, too. At <laughs> casino, right? So we get to go yeah. see him at Seneca. We go up there. Simon Lebon comes on. First thing he says is, "We're going to play some new songs." He goes, but "Don't." And you hear these. these <laughs> and I, and I like astronaut. Oh, don't worry, we're gonna play the hits. <laughs> but that's what I say about music. There's so much out there, and we probably all grew up maybe pigeonholed in something. I always say, don't go see the stuff you like. Obviously, go see what you enjoy, but go see the stuff you don't know because you might really enjoy. I it. mean, uh, your brain has a snapshot. Well, this is the music that made me happy, or this right. is the music that that's made true. me. This is when I went in the army, or this is when I got married. Whatever it is, and then you know you go with that preconception, I guess, in your head. And then if it's it, when it changes, you're disappointed because your life's you want it to be the same. You know, as a comfort Good, thing. I great think. example. My mom loved Liberace and wanted to go see him. My dad did not want to go. Did not want to go. <laughs> he went. He loved it. Absolutely, the guy's loved great. It. Yeah. But there's a question I want to ask musicians because I'm not one and all of you are, so we have you here. Is it when you are going to learn to play, is it the is it the instrument or is it you? Do you go sometimes with an idea of what you want to play and you fall in love with it or do you start with something sometimes and go, eh, maybe this isn't me, and then you go on to an instrument that you like? 
I've heard this one harp a lot. Are you talking about starting? Say you you said, I want want to play piano, and you start, and you, then all of a sudden you hook down the guitar or the violin. Yeah. Well, I started violin when I was seven. Okay. And that that really kind of got me, um, I don't know, just sort of catalyzed some things. I remember my er very early television um, watching cartoons, and they were old silent cartoons, and they played there was guitar music. It was Segovia hmm. playing it. So, like this, is one of my some of my earliest musical memories go back to hearing the classical guitar, these uh, pieces, which I remember vividly. But I started violin when I was seven, and then the trumpets up behind me in the orchestra were blasting me. So then I got a trumpet, so, so uh, I could I could abuse the violins next year. And then I got the French horn. But then I went to this summer camp and started, and they had. Um, a lot of people were playing guitar and recorders in, in this outdoor environment. I thought that was really cool. So I got a guitar, and Pete Seeger was giving a workshop at that time. Okay. So that was my first my first guitar, quote, lesson exposure was in a workshop with Pete Seeger. And, oh, nice. And uh, this woman named um, Beth, um, Haw, Beth Lomax Hawes, who was actually the sister of, of Alan Lomax. And so it was a lot of folkloric stuff, and... And I got a got a book, classical guitar book, and started teaching myself guitar. Oh. I heard were you always going for the trumpet? See, for me, it was trumpet and nothing else. Like, I just I was in fourth grade. The band director, you know, you, it's the meeting for everyone. You get to see if you oh. want to play an instrument, oh. right? And he's there, and he plays all the instruments. No, you know, he played trumpet, tuba, trombone, flute, clarinet. You know, he played. Oh, yeah. It was just, and at this school, it was just uh, winds. It wasn't strings. Oh, uh-huh. And uh, and I always tell this story. I was just like, I like as a you know as a nine year old kid. I'm thinking, well, I walk to school, so I'm not gonna get the tube. It's too big. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's too big. Flute. That's nah, it's kind of girlish. Too small. You know what I mean? Just like, you know, just like a nine year old making uh-huh. decisions. My trumpet, it's shiny. It's kind of just right. Yeah. It's just right, right? You know, it's just right. It's got locks. three bells. So, uh, how, how hard can it be? Hard to right. Well, I figured that out. <laughs> well, you know, I, get, I have a lot of credit for all you guys because when I went to Nazareth, I, I majored in music ed, although I'm not really. And then he couldn't teaching. play, so they made him a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we make fun of drummers on the show, just so you know. I'm the foil. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, then you got to take the methods classes. Right, of course. So, you know, you got to make some sound. I mean, Claire. And that was the only instrument I found that was like I kind of would ooh, I, I would take this farther if I could right for okay. some reason out of all instruments but I mean you know I trumpets a tough <laughs> a toughie yeah. but I started because remember the Mickey Mouse Club right right I oh, guess yeah. that guy Cubby Cubby was a drummer and I oh. saw him do a drum solo and I'm sitting there going I could do that you know <laughs> I, 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 there's something I can I could do that so then I just bugged my parents for drum lessons and. But I started kind of late. I was like 10 or 11, which is late, really, I guess, in the scheme of things. Yeah, I, 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 went, to, well, I, I went to Eastman as an education major. So I understand what you're talking about as far as like doing the methods. Right. And um, It was tough for me. I struggled. Well, it was tough for me, too. The instrument that I just could not play was flute. Flute was yeah, a very hard for yeah. me. It was just very, very hard for me. And I just remember having to like take my test at the end of the semester to pass out right. the flute and I was just 
nervous. My hand hurt because I was like, I was cramming (laughs) practicing because I didn't practice the year, you know. I'm like trying to practice. I'm like, I gotta be able to play this flute. (laughs) But the instrument that I really liked, I loved oboe. Yeah. Oboe was great. The only thing about oboe is like reeds. You know, you guys Mm -hmm. like every, you know, oboists are always like, they're not too far from a reed knife. You know, they're always yeah. making their reeds and stuff. Yeah. But, like, if you have a good reed, I could, if I had a good reed, and, like, I would go to uh, Wendell Harrison. Remember right? Wendell I remember Harrison? Wendell. Yeah. I, I played a gig to, at his house once. I would go to Wendell Harrison's <laughs> and pick up their little, like, plastic reeds or whatever that you could just buy, you know. And um, if I had a good read, man, I could tear up an oboe, man. I loved oboe. <laughs> mm. It's very, very uh, atmospheric, too, because you always hear it all the time. And, and in movies and different things, and even cartoons, I yeah. guess. It's, it's just got that kind of cool sound. Uh, it's actually the most, I think it's the the instrument in the orchestra that has the most solos. It, 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 ha- it does. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's, that's good. We're going to use it as a trivia question. You won't win anything. <laughs> uh, we're going to use that for some, sometimes for some yeah, guests. Oboe, the English horn. My daughter's a really good bassoonist, oh, although she's now a, a um, nurse practitioner. Okay. Hasn't really touched the bassoon, but she was a they call all Eastern. Okay, in, right. In yeah, bassoon, sure. you know, so she was yeah. really fantastic. Went to college on a bassoon scholarship. Oh, nice. Yeah, bassoon was hard for me because it's bassoon. You have to yeah. stretch your fingers uh, really far. I was just, uh, mm. yeah, I have a problem with bassoon. Do you ever have an issue? I mean, not an issue, but is it is it tough to hold the trumpet up? I mean, is it like is that something you develop, or is it just so, it's like any instrument? I mean, your positioning is important yeah right? no i mean now it does i don't have a problem with it i mean i guess back when yeah, i was a kid but now it's not that big did you ever deal. do you the miles davis thing with yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> i remember seeing walter werbos played one time in the box shop atrium and i guess he's been he's a he played i remember he played four like 45 to 50 minutes straight okay. you could see spittle coming oh, out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. yeah 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 i know spit valves. but did you learn at first yeah. too this is like a really a simple question, but when you first learn to play, you have to sort of learn breathing, when to breathe in, when to breathe out, and everything. Oh yeah, I mean it's all a, it's you know it's all about like the vibration. Singing. You know, it's the vibration, um, and and a lot of people they associate they associate playing the trumpet or a brass instrument with like the voice, with the human voice. There's a difference though with a, with a with a brass instrument, with a trumpet uh, specifically kind of like oboe it has a lot of back pressure so basically like you're blowing you got all this air but it's going into this small hole right you know you're trying to blow it through so it's a balance between like trying to just like not blow a lot right and then and then and then pushing hard enough to get the high notes to come out so one of the things that i tell people that people don't really realize this because they're like oh man herb your your lungs must be awesome blah blah and i'm like yes thank you but it takes less air to play the trumpet than it does to speak think about that most people when you play trumpet you think they're really blowing hard seeping out it takes less air to play the trumpet than to speak now what it does take is air pressure right so it's like you know you're like that's why the embouchure is like so important that's why the embouchure because you're you're buzzing your lips like that so tell me can you do circular breathing yes I can (laughs) I can do circular breathing did you ever play didgeridoo yes I did play didgeridoo (laughs) okay I have a great story about circular breathing okay Okay. do you know 
the, uh, the, the saxophone player, Terrence Bruce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, Terrence right. Bruce. Yeah. Local, Is he still around? Is he around? He's still around. He's still wow, around. What a, he was big on that, I remember. Yeah, he could do that. So he, can play, he can play with a guitarist on his shoulders. Oh, yes! Okay, he did stuff like that, yeah, wouldn't he? You know, just... Uh, he the, was a... Uh, just, Glenn, Glenn um, Cummings is just yes. a fantastic guitarist. Yes. Go back, and we'll bring Glenn we'll, we'll later. Him up later. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. anyway, I played this gig with, with Terrence, and it was, we were with a high school band. And we were, like, fronting the band. And so I would get up there and play a solo, and then the crowd would be like, yay, Herb, woo! Right, mm-hmm. and then Terrence would get up there, and then he would do a circular breathing little act trick thing, and he'd like circular breathe a note, walk down into the walk down into the audience, hold a note, right. look at his watch <laughs> while he's holding it, you know, and all this kind he's of working stuff, it. and then come back up on stage, and the crowd would go, "Oh my God, Terrence!" Ah! And it would just go nuts, and this went on the whole gig. I would play a solo. All right, Herb. He would circular breathe. <laughs> and I was, it was really pissing yeah. me off. It was really pissing me off. Some people who are listening might not know what circular breathing is. So, right. So what circular breathing is, right. Thank you for that. So what circular breathing is, is it's a way where you are breathing, but you, you're blowing through your instrument. While you're still playing the note, you fill up your cheeks with air. You take a, and, and then you, you blow the air out of your cheeks while quickly taking in a breath with your nose. Uh. So the note can go on. You can play a note indefinitely because you're breathing while you're playing. Yeah, maybe like wow. sometimes if you see Louis Armstrong is, is really puffed up, that's what he's doing. Louis Armstrong never really circled oh, breathe. Did. He didn't circle breathe. Gillespie. Like, Gillespie. 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 Yeah. I don't know. He's never the, really did it either hear, much. But like Kenny G, you know Kenny G, right. he's known for that. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> Michael Brecker would do it. Oh, yeah. um, Roland Kirk, Roland Kirk yeah. would do it. There's right? a voice from beyond. Yeah. Roland Kirk. <laughs> Went Marsalis could yeah. do it. Like a bunch of guys would do this. A lot. Of, I think. Uh, maybe, maybe John Coltrane was doing it in his like tone colors. Terrence <laughs> Bruce. Yeah, we'd talk about Terrence for sure. So, so anyway. I, I told Terrence after that gig, I said, Terrence, <laughs> the next time I play with you, I am going to learn how to circular breathe. <laughs> and I said, you're going to go out there in the audience and do that circular breathing trick thing, and I'm going to be walking right behind you, <laughs> holding the note with you. We're both going to be holding the notes. That's you know, I was, I mean, I just, I was, it's, just a, it's, a, it's kind of a trick. Yeah. You know, but sure. the thing about circular breathing, people are like, oh, it's a trick. But circular breathing is something that goes back centuries because, like, the didgeridoo players back, you know, thousands and thousands yeah. of years ago would do it. Yeah. There's other instruments in, um, in, like, other kind of cultures like uh, Vietnamese uh, Korean music, where they're like, kind of, or like, if you think about um, snake charmers, oh, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. snake charmers, that's what they're doing. They're circular breathing because they just keep it, keep it I'd going. I'd be panic attacking if I was doing that. <laughs> circular breathing, yeah, that's yeah. good. I love that's what I like, love about international music too, and the programs like at the RPO. Especially like in the side where they have one of the bands I saw I was really impressed by is Daka Braka. Okay. And they're from the Ukraine around there and all they would do, they would 
pound the drums, and one guy would make bird noise and just go. Oh, <laughs> they're great though. Just fantastic <laughs> rhythms and everything, and like yeah. world music for that. Yeah. But I was going to ask, as musicians, did you? Who did you listen to growing up? Did you like? Did you have people specifically in mind, or were you all over the place? Well, when I connected with a guitar, folk music was very much popular, the Kingston Trio. And one side of my story here that I actually take most pride in is that when I was, I, I grew up in California, and uh, so I went to this private school for a year where my mother taught art in exchange for our tuition. And there was a group there that played, uh, it was called the Outhouse 4 Plus 2. And <laughs> there was a banjo player and a tuba player, and it was a really kind of cool scene. So I was, I was uh, like in the ninth grade at that time. And so uh, I really got hooked on the Kingston Trio. and uh, I love them. And th then I moved down. We moved down to, um, this is in the mountains of Southern California. We moved down to Orange County, and I started surfing. And uh, so this girl in my class, she said, will you take my little brother surfing with you because he can't drive? And I said, sure, you know. So I took him in, and so he, his, their dad played piano in a, in a uh, Dixieland band. And I would show show Jackson how to play a chord on the guitar and another chord, and then we would. <laughs> they had a friend of theirs who was an alcoholic, and she would buy us booze. <laughs> we'd stay up late, and my parents were always out of town. Doing always good to have a friend that's an alcoholic. <laughs> we would be jammed. We would like we'd go in the bathroom and turn on the. Uh, the heat lamp, which was red, and it was like the clubs. We we would go to these oh, clubs. Oh wow, that's fun. It was like we had a little spotlight and, we, and the <laughs> echo from the bathroom. You know, so we'd be doing these songs. Anyway, so this this young guy started writing songs, and today his name is Jackson Brown. Oh wow! Yeah. You know, and oh, wow. we're still very good. There's friends. also a famous musician named Jackson Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> so he's so we get together when he's in town. <laughs> And uh, yeah. so, and he's and he is such a gifted guy. I don't know if you really know his music. No, but a little bit. He's yeah. a wonderful he's, writer. And, he uh, is. He's great. So we, yeah. So when I was know. on the road, I have I didn't talk to him or anything, but I happened to see him like in a hotel. He was talking to some fans, and it's like, wow, there's Jackson Brown. <laughs> I mean, I did some traveling and stuff, and I've met quite a few people. And go, going back a couple subjects ago, you were talking about the whole playing the hits and everything. When I was in Atlantic City. I played this gig at the Resorts International with a show band. And in the main hall, Gary Puckett had brought a group back together oh, with wow. two of his brothers. And a couple of them, him included, we all piled in my car one night and we went to see the Romantics at some bar in New Jersey. We're like, oh, you want to go out? Oh, sure, man. And I, I started talking to him, not to like get any favors or anything, but just, to, you know, two guys on the road hanging out, right? So it's like... I said, well, you know, it must be tough. I, he goes, yeah, man, everybody wants to hear the old stuff and blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, so it's, it's a constant problem. Yeah, a he constant was trying to do something different. Right. And, right. you know, it's just oh, one of I've those seen things. Ray Davies when people yell Lola. Yeah. <laughs> right. But one thing I like about the RPO, and which I've seen, I haven't gone to a concert in a while for some strange reason but <laughs> I which, what i used to what i really enjoyed is you'd have the, the pieces but there's usually always something you would add in that was a little more obscure for the people uh -huh. i always enjoyed that because it would be something that I, what i'd love to do is you find new things that then you go research them right yeah I, I um that's one of the things i do think about rpo that i'm actually um like right now actively trying to um foster and promote 
is to mix it up a little bit. Yes, exactly. You know, mix it up, like throw in some new pieces. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I always call it like the circus effect, where there's something for everyone. Like uh -huh. I say, please try new things. You might enjoy them. Let, let me ask but her. you even do. I'll give you. But I even like you go. Do international music, different cultures, classical. But as we all know, you also do the movies. Right, 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 exactly. And I've been dragged to the Harry Potter well, that's what I was friends ask. of mine, but <laughs> I, I enjoy the music. <laughs> that's what I wanted to ask. Do you think those pop things are, are like just a way to get people in, or do you think, are they fun to do? Or, do you mean the movies? You, yeah, do you find that music interesting to play? Well, well I mean, well, personally, we did... Uh, Empire Strikes Back. We did Star Wars, right? And I was just in heaven because I love oh, yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Like I'm just a, that was a. And I was Do a you kid hear it though? I've heard it from up. so many friends who went. That's those are the only films. Those yeah. are the only films. The other ones don't count. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't, didn't you do the Superman one too, the Richard Donner? The you did Ghostbusters. I, I know we did that. Ghostbusters. Yeah, we did a bunch of. We did Ghostbusters. We did. I think one of you is doing Psycho. Somebody's doing Psycho oh. this year for Halloween. Wow. I think I think Hochstein's doing it. I got oh, the okay. catalog. Okay. And you did all the Harry Potter. Did the Harry Potters? I think we have some more Harry Potters coming up. Well, those seem like they'd be pretty substantial. They those, are those, substantial, yeah. and and um and they're hard for the trumpets because. You know, like the chase scenes are usually like you know. I think he did. Did you do Indiana Jones? Did you do Raiders of the Lost? We did. We did Indiana Jones. I was there. We did Pirates of the Caribbean. We did that as well. Wow. So yeah. So more than I thought. It's what it is for orchestras, though. Is like this is a way for people that aren't classical music aficionados, right, to come to an orchestra concert and really be in. Involved, involved, really enjoying, right. engaged. You have, you know, it's it's watching a movie. You know, you have the you have the, the the video and the audio. And orchestras are really an old thing, and that's part of like what I'm trying to enliven here is because, you know, how often do you just go someplace, sit down, and watch music, and not walk around, not talk. Right. You know, it's it's a diff it's a different world now. This our world we have is, you know, my daughter is on TikTok. You got to be stimulated every just, second. Look at something, no something else, yep. something else, something else. It's and it's moving that fast. Right. And I'm like, no, we want you to sit down for 45 minutes, yeah. not say a word, not be on your phone, and just listen to music. It can happen too, because I found like when it this pandemic happen. started, it can happen. I felt like I would sit down because you couldn't do anything, and I'd be wired because I'm always on the move, and right. you expect. You know, and I like to read a lot. I got back to reading because you're used to looking at things, flipping through, right. not going right. through like a 500-page book. But one thing I will say about these shows, and I've been made to go to the Star Wars, Nightmare Before Christmas I had to go to, the kids, come. they come all dressed up. Yes. Everybody has mm. fun. Yep. People well, are taking pictures out with Hogwarts and yep. stuff. R two D two showed up. Yeah, Grace Vader. did the cinnamon um, bump. Darth Vader where, where was, was there. Darth? I didn't see uh, him. Darth Vader was there for oh, one I saw. Oh, I saw. I saw R two. <laughs> but I know Bill Murray played there. Bill Murray played, and he played all old time. They had the Ghostbusters van. I'm sure they came out for when you did Ghostbusters. I think that's good though. It gets rid of the preconceived stuff shirt. Opera. Well, that is. You know, I like opera though. Yeah. That's my problem. Well, I'm just. You know, he knows what I'm trying to say. Right, no, but so so like like I was I I did this class where I'm talking about unlocking classical music for people, and one of the things I talk about is like classical music was popular music, 
It right. was popular music. Right. You know, like people listen to, you know, whatever, Drake and all the different, you know, groups that they listen to now. But I'm saying back then, popular music yeah. was Michael Jackson. It was Prince. It was, you know, Jackson Brown. Like, yeah. It was popular back then. So, and I talk about like, oh, people love to watch Bridgerton, you know, on Netflix, right? This long series. Well, that was opera. Right. Mm-hmm. Opera was a movie and it was scandalous. You right. know, it was like mm-hmm. a guy, she's married to somebody else, she's sleeping with somebody else, right. he gets oh, upset, you ever kills, read? Her, kills himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. That's what it was. It was this, it was a show. And that's, and but nowadays, it's an older language, so it's not the same. It doesn't have the same type of appeal to people. Yeah. You know, and so if we can kind of get back, if, you know, if you can kind of just clue people in on what it actually is, like what it was and what it's representing, then people can sometimes kind of listen to it from a different place and actually be engaged. Yeah. Well, so when I was a kid, they took us to Eastman a couple times and we saw like orca- little mini orchestra things. I don't know, they explained the sections of sure. the orchestra. Yep. Do they still do those kinds yes. of things? Yes, we Because, do. boy, that inspired yes. the hell out of me. Well, that's... That, you know, I, I conduct... Um, I conduct RPO and I do... Uh, in, like, I do... I did this intermediate concert and back in March, like, right before the big shutdown happened, we were scheduled to do a week long of... Um, concerts for fourth to sixth grades fourth through sixth grade kids and they all come to Eastman Theater and it's, it's a big deal like right. the chandelier you know this oh, whole yeah. thing like the whole deal probably the kind of concert that you were talking about yeah like but we're talking 1960 something <laughs> but they've been doing it yeah. for a long time and everything <coughs> shut down right and I was supposed to conduct it so we ended up mm. just doing a live we did I'm doing a stream right and, and a, a live stream and so basically they had us in a whole bunch of different schools, so and we set it up so that like the kids could vote. We were like, we were doing this thing like which one they liked better. It's trumpets against clarinets, and this kind of thing was a lot of fun. trumpets, <laughs> <laughs> of course. But trumpets it was a, is it in was big really letters, <laughs> right? Well, because the kids could actually vote, and then they sent in their mm. their stuff to us, and then we showed them the results on the screen. So that was a really and cool we did that in did. grade school. You know who the winner was? It was the harp. Harp always wins. Uh, <laughs> harp, harp is tough. Harp is tough. To I came about so it a different way. I actually came about because I read the, I read the book, The Lives of the Great Composers, and got that got me interested. And then all these guys are so fascinating and these interesting individuals. And I learned the structure of classical from that. Then my first classical record ever was Masagorsky, Pictures in an Expedition. Oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah. And I went from there. Did you ever hear that played on, You ever hear that played on guitar? Kazuhito Yamashita recorded, wow, recorded up after the Ravel, basically a transcription of the Ravel orchestration on guitar. It was a, tr- R- a transcription R-C- of the Ravel orchestration on yeah, the Bizarre yeah. piece. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's, 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 it's unbelievable. Wow. That's it, actually a question I'm going to ask you. So I want to ask, actually, I want to ask, ask Herb a couple of questions. Sure. One is, uh, when you started playing uh, trumpet in school, I assume you were learning basically on the Bellwin method or oh, something yeah. like that, right? right? So, at what point did you discover jazz and started and start improvising? Jazz was like always uh, side by side for me from the very beginning. From the very beginning, well, that's great. My trumpet teacher, Mr. Dooley, um, was it was like a jazz player too, and so like we were learning, like you know. Your scales and all that yeah. stuff, half notes, all that stuff, <laughs> right? And then we started learning like little tunes, like um, 
you know, like uh, Freddie Freeloader, mm -hmm. you know, which is easy tune, tune like up. that. Tune up, Solar, yeah, yeah all those yeah. like yeah. trumpet tunes, Miles Davis, yeah, yeah. easy tunes, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, and um, and so that was always, always uh, just hand in hand. And then when I went to uh, like like kind of my high school which was like a creative arts school, I was in band, orchestra and jazz band, mm. all the way through all the way through high school. And then when I went to Eastman, same deal. I was in Eastman Jazz Ensemble and I was in um, Eastman Philharmonia. Yeah. And um, and that always was a, a little bit of an issue because my classical yeah. teacher, Barbara Butler, she was just like, you know, you need to give up that jazz yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Focus on the classical. Get a job. And then. Wow. And then my jazz guys uh, were just like, hurry me, give up that classical stuff, man, and come over here and learn how to solo. Join us. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, no one, so, as a jazz player, of course, the jazz standards, most of them come from Broadway. Originally, right? right? right. So right. you have a Jerome Kern and oh, uh, you know, all those great, beautiful, these beautiful melodies, right? right? So now, but what what concerns me right now is it seems to me like in popular music is the is is mm -hmm. the deadening of the ear to melody, and it really concerns oh, yeah. me because there is you know there's there's this just rich, rich stimulation from the brain of these incredible melodies and harmonies that everything is turning into this. Basically, minor third pentatonic based, uh, sort of, sort of, kind of a primitive incantation. But the beats, man, it's all about the beats. <laughs> no, and the there's actually, there's actually, is anybody, I'm has everybody, anybody seen the movie Ghost World? Ghost there's World. A, but there's a Steve Buscemi is like a record collector. He's oh, all into blues okay. classics. So, a friend of his wants to take him out. He never goes out. So they go out to a bar because there's an old blues man playing, and he wants them to sign his record. And there's all these people, they're ignoring them, playing pole. There's a band called Blues Hammer. They come out, yeah. I've been plowing and picking cotton, cotton all day long. Yeah. It's just crap, but everybody's up dancing. They don't pay attention to the, the person who's actually got the talent. Yeah, but John's right, though. I mean, the melody has just become this stupid, whatever, you know, it, 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 I don't know. And then I got a thing because it's loops and beats and things. It's just like it, every song starting to sound alike. Well, it's interesting to in see a, a, a good friend of mine from college at University of Oregon. He went down and started playing in uh, in Reno and became a. a, a he actually he played in in the pit bands. He played. He had a. A string quartet that played society gigs, okay. you know, okay. and he also dealt cards in the casinos. <laughs> but wow. I remember saying when you know he used to play with Neil Neil Sedaka was a really okay. good pianist. Okay, and they like would play string quartets with Neil Sedaka doing a quint uh, these piano uh, like Dvorak piano quintet. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have for, a dog for, here, for just in case if you ever hear anything. My, my dog Blaze is trying to dominate me here. <laughs> blocking the microphone. This is why we don't have these on video, so we don't get demonetized for dog action. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so um, but the thing is that once um, uh, they started using recorded music. It just killed the casino gigs, the right. casino orchestras. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so the recording, the recording business, you know, is good for a certain class of people who are, you know, who are able to get royalties. But now it's all it's all really messed up. It's a producer's I, game now. I listen of. to YouTube. You know, I, I use YouTube so much, and nobody's making money off of that, as far as I can see, right. except the people who are, you know, peddling. 
bad stuff. <laughs> well, I heard there's it. so much out there. Yeah. That's the thing too. And there's anybody can do it. That's the problem. You have to dig through to find yeah. the good stuff. I mean, yeah. I went to a Carmen Apice clinic and he a piece or Apice. A piece. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think he's Apice and his brother's. A he piece. changed it over the time. I know that. But he was saying about the Spotify thing and you know how how it's a lot, kind of a crummy business model as far as the artist makes like I mean you got to make you got to to make forty four grand you got to get like a million hits or some right, crazy right, thing yeah, like it's, that it's, it's, a, it's a lot you know I mean it's like how 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 do you you know but I I mean I I agree with you about melody and music mm -hmm. I agree with you. I do too like melodies. That you just don't hear them much anymore. It's just like da 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 like that's the melody, right? Yeah, you know, and it's not something that's like actually moving through harmonies and and um and actually something that you would actually remember. Like that's the thing about a melody. Like it's like if you if you write a good melody, you never forget it. Yeah, I mean, nobody goes out 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 of the out of the hall singing a rhythm. Or maybe they're feeling rhythm, but or, or right. they're not singing a harmony. Right. But they're, they're, you know, it's a melody that you remember. And so even, you know, while academia embraces new ideas, they're actually abandoning, um, you know, I think the foundational um, energy that reaches the heart. That comes. That's, that's and that comes from a melody. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, what's good about like John Williams stuff because he's got themes for everybody and everything and and you, the Superman theme and this yeah. and that thing. you know and you kind of remember him and you hear it and it sets you up for a certain yeah. feeling and all that kind of stuff. And that that what he's doing there is coming from Wagner. Yeah. Right. And, and like uh, Wagner when he had these big ring cycles Strauss. or whatever. Right. Oh, I guess this is a great question each, to ask you. Each character. Mm -hmm had its own melody and then mm. when the characters are speaking to each other he's weaving those melodies together uh -huh. you know what i yep. mean like he's weaving those melodies together so you know so like when that person comes out i mean it's like you know when darth vader comes out dun, 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 that's dun, the question yeah. i want to ask <laughs> right, about yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. it's my, like good you know okay here comes darth vader <laughs> yeah. even if it is only two notes yeah. my friend <laughs> my friend don blair said this though is there any truth to this that darth vader's theme was based on horse the planets okay so this is not my idea. This, a friend told me no, this. I, I, they say that <laughs> everything's based on an everything. Artist, <laughs> they, they say a, an artist borrows stuff. A right. good artist steals. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this. I've heard right? this. And John worked, Williams, to me, is he is just amazing at stealing stuff <laughs> in a way that's obviously legal you know he's not doing it he's not like just copying it but like when you go through his music you hear all kind of stuff you hear bernstein you hear copeland you hear wagner you hear um bruckner like he just he's, he knows music so well he just right. borrows things and and it's so well done. It is, and one of the highlights so for me of well all the done. Star Wars films was seeing one of my favorite things when Luke is stirring into the suns and you hear the Force theme. Yeah, you hear that live. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really amazing. And there's so much of the music in in the, um, you know, in the soundtrack and everything from the movie that is pushing the 
the the movie. You know, it's pushing the character themes. It's pushing the so it's like the music and it's it's going hand. You know what? If you don't believe that, try try watching the movie. Try watching the movie without the soundtrack. I know. So so Herb, have have you ever done anything with Farouk? Do you know Farouk Tekbalek? I know that name, but I've never done anything. Farouk is a is a musician from Turkey. Okay. Who came to Rochester and I believe he worked at uh, um, Freeman Hickey. Okay. Where Hickey lo- Freeman? Yeah, Hickey Freeman, yeah. where a uh, lot of Turkish um, sure. um, people in that, in that business worked. But he is a world-renowned musician. Okay. He's, he's known widely in that, in that world. And I'm surprised that the R- I mean, I don't know if the RPO has ever done anything with him, but it, you're talking about bringing in some different kind of music. I mean, he's got lots of, loads of albums out, and he's widely respected. Like, I mean, let's talk afterwards, because I want to get Here we go. Yeah. We will have tickets yeah. on sale here in a couple weeks, name. hopefully. Wanna, so what does he play? What is his... Well, he, like he, a lot he's of, a percussionist, primarily, yeah. but he plays a lot of, all, I think, all the instruments. Okay. So another person that I want to bring to bring out is uh, Jason Vio. Now years okay. ago we had a guitar society, the Guitar Society of Rochester, and we basically put guitar on the map in this town. Okay. And there was a young boy from Buffalo who used to come here, and uh, when he was twelve, and one of our, um, well, we saw he was very interested and talented, and helped him play in master classes with, with visiting artists, including many great, great world-renowned artists. One of our members helped him go to college, okay. and he he won a Grammy in 2015 for the best solo classical album. Oh, fantastic! His name's oh. Jason Vio. Okay. So I was going to bring him here last year. Okay. To do a concert at at the at the um, at Hochstein, mm-hmm. and we we're just at the point of breaking even. Okay. But actually, we we're actually in the black, and COVID hit oh. a, week, a week before the concert. We had to give all, we had yeah. to give all oh, that money, money back, you know. Oh. It was real pain. But we, we'll bring him back again. But the thing is interesting is that he's never played with the RP. He's done. He's he has done music with Lincoln Center. You know, okay. music with Lincoln Center. He went to school with uh, with Juliana. Oh, okay. At, at Cleveland. Okay. He's now the first guitar professor at uh, at uh, Curtis. Okay. And he's the head of the guitar program at um, Cleveland Institute. And he's just—he's a very, very top artist. He should be booked by the RPO. So I, I, I am I, charging you uh, with getting him, getting him. I'm a saying gig. we'll talk. Get that name because yeah. I mean that would be a perfect person. I will person. say like that would be a perfect person for RPO to yeah, have. Yeah, yes. yeah, They should have him. again the diversity. Yeah. I've seen everything from Gershwin to John Waters at Hoaxstein <laughs> and, and the RPO. But one of the other, this is like my dad every year. I will say he loved the RPO Christmas shows. Oh yeah, Christmas. and every year the last few years it seemed we were glad to get to them because of the weather. <laughs> <Walking out. laughs> but he loved those Christmas yeah. shows there and everything. But that's the key too because you have to bring in the younger people and say this is cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and speaking of that too, I don't want to talk about. We know COVID hit last year; everything shut down. How are things going now with reopening out both Hochstein, OPO, yeah, everything? Yes, yeah, it's, it's starting up, starting to open up. We've been. Hoxton has been doing really well. We have very strong um, protocols for safety, and there's been really no um, spreading. Uh, You know, if anybody is identified... Spread the music, not the virus. I like that. You can use it if you want. We use use alternate studios. Like, I have two studios where I... I'll teach in my studio, and then the next lesson I'll give in the studio next door, oh, okay. so they can air this, air it right, out. Right, 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 right. And uh, between Zoom, which is 
in many ways, very good medium, yes. except for the sound is terrible. Right. But it's a really good way to be able to relate to the student close up and in, and in an environment where it's, they're very comfortable. Right. I have a little sign in my studio that says, it sounded better at home. <laughs> <laughs> or you see every, like, these were, yeah. li- these were my lifelines, yeah. like seeing you play, yeah. RPO play, Grace play, all my <laughs> friends play. But sometimes you'd see you'd be on the ceiling, somebody, the way the camera was, <laughs> everything else. Or the sound would be, you'd see you're talking, but I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. they would have to read the comments, and they'd realize and try to change. But I took anything then, but it's just, you know, it's such a change, you know, from how, you know, especially if you're touring or working and all of a sudden you can't. Yeah. But how is this your Freedom Trail? Is Tell us a little about that. Oh, well, um, Freedom Trail is uh, me on trumpet. And I, my trumpet, I put it through uh, guitar pedals. And um, and I have, so I have like, like a, um, I have, a, what do I have? I have a harmonizer. I have a octave pedal. I have a bunch of different pedals that I looper. put there. Looper, looper, and you know different reverbs and stuff, so that I can just do the do, do different things. That's cool. And then my bass player, Peter Schwa- Peter Schwazik, which I know uh, Andy knows very well. Andy knows everybody, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he has just a gazillion different pedals and stuff. And then my drummer is Joe Parker, and um, and he's a great drummer. And we play, you know, we play around town. Our, our next gig. Really, is like our, pretty much our first big gig is June 5th at Abilene. Yes, and I'm going to say if you'd like oh, tickets, yeah? I was at Abilene, and Danny yeah. said they're going fast, so just go online to Abilene, very easy, get yourself on the yeah. wheel call. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to go to that, because I'm get playing a ticket. The... They're getting Because I was at a show, and they are still, because it'll probably be outside, I take right. it. Well, yeah. Rochester, it might be snowing, uh, you never know, but, you know, yeah. still, the capacities has to be still limited. Right. Right. So. I write all the tunes for our, for our group. Oh. I, write, I write all the tunes, and mm-hmm. that's... One of the things that I'm really, really big about is melody. We were talking yeah. about it's like I really want it to have like we call it freedom trio because we do a lot of different stuff. I love rhythms, so we're always doing like weird type of rhythms mm. and things. But I always want to have that weird rhythm, and then through that is a melody that's yeah. being played. Yeah. So and that and it, it can carry you through even though it's like a weird rhythm. It can carry you through being sure. in seven or yeah, five yeah. because it's a melody, right. you know. So, oh, and that's what yeah. we do. Is we do a lot of like kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And all my tunes are all tunes from just different things that I wrote. Like, um, like the tune that I think they you might you might hear they might play is this tune called "Damn It Walpole," <laughs> and it's my friend Day, uh, Dan Walpole who lent me this book. Uh, actually, it's the book by uh, the bass player uh, Victor Wooten. Uh, the okay. music lesson, which I still haven't read. I'm, everyone tells me it's a good book. And he let me the book, and every time I would see him, I would say, damn it, Walpole, I ain't got your book. <laughs> I would just say it in my head. I would say it in my head, right? And uh, but he's cool about it. He's not like, Herb, where's my book? But I would just say, damn it, Walpole, I ain't got your book. <laughs> so then it became this thing, damn it, Walpole, I ain't got your book. That's the loop. So I would set that loop up on my... On my I would set that loop up on my um, my looper with the trumpet, and then the melody was "I ain't got your book," you know. You know, like this whole thing. <laughs> nice, you know. So that's awesome. Um, so that's how I mean. All of my tunes are all mm. tunes that are. Have Sounds some like kind of fun. Thing. Like, yeah. One thing I have to say, you, this is all bringing to mind the days of live music where I would go, I would start a jazz fest like in the afternoon, 
make the rounds all night, then go to the Crown, get home, and say, take the musicians out to uh, Jitsies. I'm sorry. If anything bad. <laughs> I noticed they like, too, a lot of musicians like toasted cheese and tomato sandwiches for some reason. <laughs> Not the place, which is, which is probably to keep them That's in good funny. health. And I made so many friends from there, like my friends from Cuba, who I still in touch with, but all the different type of music. And what I would do is go, okay, I know this type of music. Let's go try this type of music. Then I'd end up being broke for months because I'd buy all these CDs. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad it's going to be big. But I want to talk about, that's what we talked about a little before, like music in the community. And I think music's a force for good as we're sort of getting down to, you know, the dog price of potty. You've been doing a lot of community stuff. And I know, hoax, I keep saying Hoekstein. You say it's like with your last name. <laughs> you know, I was no, brought Hoekstein. up in... Hochstein has been doing community work just yeah. for, for music. Years and, and for, years, for I know I've been involved. Forever. Yeah, yeah. And what is this stuff, your project now you're doing? I know you're doing... I'm doing a project right now called Herb City Trumpets. And basically what it is, is we got a grant from the city, and it's a, it's a project for young black boys. And, um, and basically we're going... You know, there's a lot of projects on with violin and like trying to teach kids yeah. and, and so we decided we're going to do it with trumpet so we're going to just get young black boys from the city bring them in like you know have like instruction with them i ordered these trumpets uh from uh con selmer's the, the uh, company that i work with so basically everyone that comes in the everyone that comes in the group gets a new trumpet like everyone gets a brand new trumpet and we're just trying to get people to come. If you go look at rock, go to uh, rockmusic.com, which is uh, which is uh, the city program. We'll put up rock links music. to it. Yeah, and then then the Herb City Trumpets is right there. And uh, we're just trying to just you know just trying to do something. And the reason people ask me, well, why can't there be you know black girls involved too? And I'm like, of course. But the thing about it is, I'm just picking something. I'm just I just chose black boys, and the reason why is because I don't know if you heard. But I was in jail for one day. <laughs> Overnight, I was in jail for one day. It's a long story. I could tell that story at another time. I recall. Stay tuned. There's, there's there's some Jamaican food and a park and a parking space involved. <laughs> uh, and um, and when I went in there, everybody in jail was black male. Mm. Everyone, mm -hmm. everyone. And then when we went to the arraignment. It was all black guys, young men yeah. and they were super super smart super with it they knew the system all this kind of stuff and i was like how can i help so that all this energy and, and intelligence is now channeled in a positive right. way right in That's a positive way the word positive and is if, great if i could you know if, if the trumpet can help you know we can try to get this program to, together we're going to have, like, mentors come in and speak to the kids every week. We have, like, a roundtable discussion that we're going to have every week. So uh, we're looking for kids. We are looking for do kids. Do this. This is... Do so, it. Yeah. You'll love it, too. This is a friend yeah. of mine told me a story years ago where he said he hated school. And he said, I never... The thing that got me through school was music class yeah. because... And yeah. I kept my grades up because I didn't want to get kicked out because I liked music. Without music, I would never oh, even yeah. graduate. Right. And I also, in terms of, like you said, like for black boys, right. uh, there's so many organizations. Like, I'm involved with Girls Rock Rochester. Mm -hmm. And we do, there's a submarine school of music run by Ben and Katie Morey, good friends of mine, that we take 
kids who do not have the money and make sure they can have lessons. So right. there's a lot of good programs around. Right. This yes, is another awesome. great addition to yes, it, Herb. Thanks. Saying. There's a lot of good programs. So Fred, how does it work? I mean, do you give them private individual lessons or how does... Right now, the way we're starting is, and we, we don't, like, we, we want to build the program up to 30, 40 kids. Okay. Right now, like, we, we're just starting. We mm -hmm. have, like, maybe, like, seven or eight kids. Mm -hmm. And right now, everyone is going to get individual instruction from me, like, mm -hmm. to start off. And then as we grow, then we'll start adding teachers okay. and um, and just kind of building the program. We have a, we, we have a space now. We're going to be at uh, School 19. And um, just starting it from scratch. We do uh, we do on the road going. shows where yeah. we can so, film. Maybe it can come down and fill, talk to some of the of kids course. sometime. I'd of be course. glad to. Yeah. So I'm finding because uh, I, I have a few, maybe maybe five African American young African American students, and in my teaching, when I work with young children, I have a parent uh -huh. in the lesson yeah. because the child will go, you know, will you know cooperate but then it all goes out the window right and even if the parent doesn't really understand what's going on in the lesson they bring a a, a collective memory home right. that's abstract but really helps sustain and I found that that formula really is effective okay. and especially finding now that at least in, in the in the circumstance that I see is that the the african-american mothers that I see are very hip, yeah, and they're very yeah. supportive. And yep. the fact that they get respect and for the relationship, and and they, they kind of are kind of keeping the, you know, their their children in in the groove because yeah. they'll they'll drift out. You know, I mean, yep. somebody you get. I mean, I was just worry you give a boy a trumpet. You know, his friend tries it out. Yeah, you know, let's let's see if it, let's see if it flows. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's you a know. good idea to keep the girls or not keep them out, but not no. to limit okay. it. Yes, it's because that distraction, that social stuff, you yes. don't need that. Yes, that's 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 so okay. So both of you guys, like, I'm agreeing with both. Like, one, parents are essential to our program, right? They are essential. Like, we start off with the families. Like, we're gonna have a we're having an informational meeting this coming Tuesday. Five o'clock, school nineteen, Herb City Trumpets, and it's we're inviting the kids and their families. We're gonna have a big meal and everything. So it's right, we have to get the families involved. It's so important to get the moms involved, yeah. right? Or wh whoever, yeah. whoever it is. It's so important to that. And then the other part is we were just as we were doing it, we were like, if we just have boys, then and it's just me with these boys or whoever is teaching. Is there's a way that we can just be direct with these boys, and right. there's no, there's no girl energy in no there. Show no show off, posturing, stuff. Yeah. all yeah. that stuff, right? You know, it's just like, what do you think you're doing? St sit up, just what? the mother. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. Yeah, you know what I mean? And that's you know, mom is mom. You know, no. so yeah, so that's that's both of you guys exactly. And I also exactly think the way we for. make our community good and try to solve the problems Sounds we have, great. we have to work together and do positive things and realize yes. we're all in this together. Yes. Not just say, well, I'm going to support this. Do something. Right. Donate if you can. Do what you can. Right. Right. You know, we're all busy. We all have our things to do, but you do what you can. So. Right. You know, it seems interesting. It's like we, we have this period where there's this idea that money can solve every problem, and it doesn't. Right. right. You know, it's just your human energy and your connection to the problem, and yes. you're you're personally getting down and taking care of it. I just had this really this very simple revelation the other day. Okay, I have these little I have these little sort of mottos that kind of sure 
crystallize my orientation. Like one of them, I mean, sort of my, my basic uh, 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 thing is like a health is wealth. Okay. Okay. Honor is strength. Okay. And truth is power. Oh, nice. Okay. But the new one here is is bother. Bother. All these little things you, you don't bother to do. You know, I think I'm just going to sit here. You know, I should... I'm going to bother to fix that thing. Yeah, right. 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 That's interesting. So it's just it's a little word that kind of kind of comes into your mind and it's like I think I'll bother. Right, right, right. You know? Interesting. And so like yesterday I did a couple of repairs around my house that I hadn't bothered to do for the last 14 years. <laughs> bothered to do them. You know. That's interesting. It's bother like day. <laughs> Today is bother day. Yeah. <laughs> Bother's day. Bother's <laughs> day. <laughs> Mother's day today. Bother's day. I had a friend a long time ago it always stuck with me. He always said, nothing to it but to do it. Nothing, nothing to it but to do it. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's like that. That, But that's good. Anyway. That's good. I like that nothing to it but to do it. But also, like, what you were saying is about people feel like, okay, when I get some money, then I'll do it. Right, right. When I got you know? time. Yeah. When you I got, know, like, yeah. If I, I had, stopped procrastinating if I had tomorrow. The money, if I had the money to do it. And that's what happened with this, with this Herb City Trumpets. It's like we had the idea of this. And we went forward, and then there was a grant available, and then we we went pitched it, and boom! Now we have a little bit a little bit of money. We still need more money. We just have a little bit, but you know what I mean? It's like we didn't have money when we started it. What do you need? We need money. How much? <laughs> How much money? I, so, okay, so look, when we had the guitar save Rochester, I wrote uh -huh. a few grants, you know, mm -hmm. and we got them. We got all the grants yeah. we applied for. But one thing I found is that is that artists get caught up in in doing the grant thing and they waste time right. you think okay I'm not going to waste time writing a grant I'm just going to go to my studio and and work right. and do what I what I, do what I do because that's what I do you know and right. and I'm okay with this idea of you know I'm, I'm not making as much money as you know x y or whatever you know but you know but I'm not spending my afternoon delivering mail either right you know right, and right. which yeah. So Yeah, we're 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 you know, we wanna build this program and and uh, We have to save the world and music is the way to do it. That's the way music that's what the whole thing is about. I mean That's I was saying this with all the crazy politics, which is why we don't talk politics is because nobody wants to listen to this crap. Yeah. Is that but when I would see friends at concerts we were all together. Nobody brought up our differences. We were all, hey, how you doing? Right. Not like, you know, what's going on outside or whatever. We're all here to enjoy something. It's a great atmosphere. Oh, music, yeah, music is definitely the way to... That's why I have my button. It's more than music. Yes. <laughs> or like, okay, if, you know, it's a place for drummers to find homes. Here, <laughs> you know. But, you know, somebody will look yeah. back, too. You should have some people come down to play just to talk about their life and how this influenced them by playing and how right. it helped their life. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Is that like, what's a drummer without a girlfriend? Homeless? Is that, the, is that what you're saying? <laughs> what do you call the guy who hangs around with the band who can't play a drummer? We love drummers. That's why we, we actually have drummers. Drum shows on here where we have a whole bunch of them talk. <laughs> Learning to survive drummer jokes is a very, it's a useful skill. Right. Yeah. Like if music can accept drummers, then it can accept the world. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it can fix the world. See, we, we make fun of them because we love them. That's the ways that we do Go them. find something to pound on, will you? Get out of here. You know, I, I can't think of good accordion jokes, okay? <laughs> I see a lot of accordion jokes, my dear, like so. But, mm -hmm. like, but it's been great having you guys on. I wish we could do this for a couple more hours. <laughs> 
have yeah, to come we, back. No, no, this come is back. great. Thank you for but, having me. Oh, you yeah. are very, um, this is what the show is all about. But what's coming up for you we can promote and help? I know, obviously, we'll give the links for your... Curb City Trumpets. Yeah. Um, you know, we have the, the gig with... Uh, um, the gig at Abilene. If you can get tickets, you better get them soon. Uh, I know this I'm for a fact. And actually, coming up here um, May 15th, um, RPO is doing, we have these streams, and we have this chamber music concert series called Truth is of No Color. And basically, it is um, a series that's all focused on um, BIPOC comp composers, so like black indigenous or uh, you know brown composers that are under, kind of underrepresented and this may 15th um valerie coleman is a, is a flutist and composer she wrote some pieces um that have that use langston hughes poems in her pieces and then the other piece the piece that, fi that finishes this this series excuse me this this one concert is a piece i wrote called healing and it's it's my trio uh, mixed with some strings and percussion from RPO, and it also uses a Langston Hughes uh, poem. So that's on May fifteenth, and you can get it right at the RPO website, and it's free. It's free. If you I'll tell you those RPO streamings. RPO Grace, streams. It's a free those, concert. Those RPO streamings, Grace's Harpy Hour, and everything. You were lifelines to me while I was sitting home, and you helped me use it. Okay, talk about doing. I use it as excuses to avoid doing laundry a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> but it was those. I can't do it. It's going to start. It's going to start. Yeah. The machine's going to make noise. But just saying it was like a lifeline, and just check it out. Wow. Yeah. And it's free too. And then go yeah, support it afterwards. Right, go exactly. See some stuff. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. What's coming up it's over? Well, hopefully we'll have Jason Vio booked in again through my company called Bird of Paradise Productions. Okay. So. Um, and you're teaching now? Are you, I te uh, yeah, how yeah, are I you teach. doing it? Like you, I know well, you said they're I, coming in. Like you I said? teach. I do some zooming and more and more of it's uh, in person, yeah. which is in person is definitely superior to zooming. But you, you can get a lot done. I mean, I have, a, I have, a, I have a couple of students, one in in New Jersey, one in Seattle. Who I've you know been teaching online. Uh -huh. and, I uh, was supposed to teach a Zoom class actually at one college in writing, and we had to cancel it because even Zoom, somebody got the COVID there. Uh huh. Wow. So they got, but not from the Zoom. No, <laughs> that's the thing. I was all right, but the, we just didn't have the students because of the oh, COVID. Uh, they touched the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah. want to make that clear. It wasn't from the oh. Zoom. <laughs> so, so I'm having a student recital on May 27th. Okay. And I want to invite you to come if you're free. All right. To play one of the parts of the, my guitar program is blues. Okay. And so even basically with young students, they spend a year or two or three in this beginning group guitar, which I call a birthday party with guitars. But, okay. once they, but by the time they can read in first position, then we have this curriculum around the blues. Okay. And, um, and so they're learning this um, jazz-oriented blues bass line and blues progression, which is a 2 5 one nice. turnaround. All right, sure. So it kind of gets them technically more connected. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, they, if they can have a chance to play with somebody who really <laughs> can play, that's... that's, that's that would really right, we'll talk I'll talk to you yeah, about that. Right. It um, it's, it's blossoming, yeah. though. Music is <laughs> blossoming. It's coming out live again. It's great. Greg, you had anything coming up? Uh, I play drums with bands. No, I, 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 I uh, yeah, we, Anonymous Willpower has a May 21st, Abilene. I saw, a couple it, weeks I saw before it. you. Okay. 
So if you'd love to come, I'd love to have you guys. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. June, I've got this. I'm in this other band called In the Mix, which is just a cover band, like classic rock stuff. And we're playing at the 75 Stutzen. Okay. I have to get my friend Amanda Stone plays there every other month or so, and I I have to get down there sometime. And then I've got a jazz gig. You know Chuck Frieda? Yeah, Charlie. I'm yeah. playing a jazz gig with him, so oh, I play. Yeah. I play all kinds of stuff. I played with too. him in uh, Big Roots. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, with Ronnie Stack. Yeah, yeah. Oh Skittle. wow, you were in that band. Yeah, I was in Big Roots. Wow. Back okay. In the next day. next podcast we got to get. <laughs> yeah, this, I still play with the Majestics. Oh, do you? Yeah, oh, yeah the Majestics. Oh, so you know yeah, Kevin Hart and all those oh, guys. Oh my God! I played with him Blue, ages ago. Blue, Kevin Hart. And yeah, Ron. Yeah. yeah. Everybody here plays in. It's Rochester. Everybody's in ten projects at the same. Well, if you want to play a lot, you have to. You know, it's everything. That's great, and we'd love to have you got both of you back. This has been such fun. I know you're yeah. very busy, and thanks for coming down. Also, That's our right. own Adriana Noon is playing at Love and Cup on the 15th. It's going to be a patio show. Oh, so nice. check Adriana out. Adriana that is our sort of like house musician, oh. other resident. She's genes. really good. I, I like her music a lot, and I really like their guitar player. I don't know why he just he just has a. He, he should learn because like he has to be the guitar tech, like... so he needs to learn some guitar. <laughs> yeah. As I said, in terms of pulling strings, we had to pull six strings to get John here. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the nicest guy when he's playing. He looks all serious and. You know, but when I start, I talk to him, and I just mention something about his guitar, and then I couldn't shut him up, and it was like, <laughs> you know, it just sometimes all you need is that little push. Sometimes you ever get that where the musician's really serious, looks looks really mean, you're afraid, like and you go. <laughs> <laughs> but so check all this stuff out. We are, we'll see if it comes up because I don't want to make promises we can't keep. Right. What's the song we're going to attempt to play out here? <laughs> oh, the song we're going to attempt to play. Just this in case good. it doesn't come up, we we tried. You can look it up on you know. Her yeah. site or something. Yeah, I sent it. We got to it. You. Okay, good. We got it's it. The magic it voice. Walpole. It's called "Damn It Walpole." <laughs> you said it. I yes. Talk about and uh, and it's one of our. It's like our. It's like our hit, if you would say, mm-hmm. um, which is not that big of a hit, but it's on Spotify mm-hmm. and um, it's just a fun little kind of funky. It's basically a blues. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we just have a good time with it. Oh, speaking of that, uh, Anonymous Willpower, I keep forgetting this, is on the Bandcamp site, I guess. Oh, they're putting out like a single a month? Yeah, yeah. I guess one of my songs will be next month. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's called Pretty Words. Nice. It's all about people lying. (laughs) (laughs) These days? No, no. But thanks, everybody, and I'm glad nobody thought that the dog stole the show there. That's awesome. He's great. <laughs> thanks a lot, and thanks for being for listening. And support these it. things. <laughs> See ya. Yep. Okay, thanks. Thank you.